Today we go back to the conspiracy iceberg to take a look at what was in the laundry room. And then we travel to Berkshire, Massachusetts for an interactive adventure. Can you survive the Hoosack Tunnel? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. This episode's a little different. This episode, I'm wearing a hat. You can't see it, but I have it on my head. First off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Bjorn S. Bjorn, thank you so much for supporting the show. Delayed clap there, but thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Now, if you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. We also have a merch store. And guys, if you're a Patreon supporter, I'm still sending out stickers. So if I haven't got your address yet, send it to me via Patreon or Gmail or Instagram. However you guys want to get it to me, send me your email. I will send you out a sticker. The stickers are really cool. I'm starting to get emails from people and photos from people. You guys seem to really like them. So I'm glad I was able to share that with you guys. Bjorn, we're going to toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. You'll be getting your sticker soon enough. But right now, you just have to settle for these keys. Catch them in your hand. Ding. Bjorn, we are headed out to Bremerton, Washington. <laughs> we're flying over the wooded area, normally called forest. Holding on to my hat. <sighs> Got to keep this hat on. It's a straw fedora. I think it's a fedora. I don't know. We're flying, holding on to my hat. We're flying to Bremerton, Washington. Now, this is actually from the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg. Now, this is what the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg, 90% of it is stuff like this. When people see the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg, they normally think of stuff like golf rumors or A-list travel. Most of the stories are just very, very unknown phenomenon. We're landing in Bremerton, Washington, and it's a good thing I wore this hat because it's actually the year 1948. We're walking through the streets of Bremerton, Washington. It's 1948. And we walk up to a house, and we're looking through, like, the window, like a bunch of creeps, like a bunch of perverts. And inside the basement washroom, we see Virginia Staples. Now, Virginia lives in this old apartment building. Super old. And actually, it's where the apartment building is. There's a bunch of other apartment buildings, like, close to it. It's almost like just nothing but buildings. Nothing but buildings. Like a city. Normally described as a city. But she's in there. She's in the washroom. She's doing her laundry. Now, it's 1948, so we're not talking... Uh, <laughs> what, what noise is that? You just hire people to stand in the corner going... Uh, it's supposed to be a dryer. Or a washer. It doesn't matter. They don't exist at this time period. When she's doing her washing, she actually has a tub of water and, like, a washboard. That's her scrubbing something on the washboard. And a clothesline up in the washroom. It's basically where you go to do your wash. So, she's washing stuff in the basement. Now, in the basement, there are these, like, holes, like, where it's starting to crumble. This is not the Hilton, right? This isn't even a Motel 6. This is just an old-timey 1948 apartment complex with big, giant holes in the basement. The last place you want holes, the structural integrity is all jacked up. Now, we're staring through this window, and we're watching Virginia. She's, she's rubbing stuff together. She's doing laundry, right? And... She gets the feeling that someone's watching her. <laughs> Other than us, who actually are watch- watching her. She's washing her clothes and she feels something staring at her. She's rubbing the clothes. She can't knock the feeling that something's staring at her. And she slowly 
turns around and in the whole of the building where there's a bunch of bricks knocked out and stuff like that she sees a giant monster dude like uh it's not making any noise though it's just standing there looking at her and she's freaking out and then the monster starts walking towards her and she screams and she runs upstairs and she packs all of her stuff and she moves in. now she has no idea what she saw she described it as five feet tall which is how tall she was it was bright orange in color had thin legs like a spider and had antennae on its head. She's like, what? She runs away. It wouldn't matter if it was dark blue in color and had normal sized arms. It's still a monster, right? But anyways, that's how she described it. And she couldn't sleep. She couldn't figure out what it was that night. Oh, I can't sleep. <laughs> My clothes are still dirty. Oh, I need to finish doing clothes. But I'm so afraid. Now, she eventually kind of realizes that, you know, she's not down in the basement anymore. She So she doesn't have to be super scared. She thinks about what she saw, and she goes, it was huge. It looked like a marine creature. It looked like a sea creature. Now, where Bremerton, Washington, where these buildings were, the landlord said, yeah, those tunnels, they go out. They go out far. You actually get sea access. Like, I should have said that earlier, right? Landlord's like, sorry, I'm showing up later in the narrative, but those tunnels that, you know, the bricks are falling apart, and the buildings, so much to take care of that. Not me. I'm just the landlord. But... Those tunnels, they go out to the sea. She really should have have said that detail earlier. He walks away. So, she's thinking, it looked like a sea creature. I found out retroactively that these tunnels go to the sea. So she goes to the aquarium to see if she sees anything that is relatable. She's like, if I go there and I see five foot tall monsters floating around, then either I've gone to the wrong aquarium, I'm in an alternate universe, or... Maybe there really are five-foot sea monsters floating around, and I was dumb for being panicked. She goes, and she's looking at all the stuff in the aquarium, and she's like, not you, not you, not you. And then she sees it. But it was tiny. It's a little shrimp floating by. A little shrimpy man. That's the sound of a shrimp. Floats away. Now, that's that story, right? Now, that is... From the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg, it's known as the giant shrimp in the laundry room. It's an interesting story. It's a very short, interesting story. Because eventually, she goes back to the area. Like, she was like, I'm never going back there. But, you know, never's a long time. After a couple of years, she goes back to that area. Building is gone. That area is now part of a naval base. This story was reported in Strange Magazine. It was published in Strange Issue Number 6. So they seem to be defunct now. I think they still have a web presence, but they don't have their old print magazines. Or their print magazines, you can order back copies of it. They seem to be pretty expensive. But it definitely predates the conspiracy theory iceberg. And that's where this story comes from. It's just an obscure story of a weird cryptid. But because it's on the conspiracy theory iceberg, it may have another hidden meaning. But it does seem to be a, a just a one-off cryptid sighting. A giant shrimp that's walking around laundry rooms and it is an interesting detail that eventually the naval base expanded to include that building it was knocked down and now she can't go there so was a cryptid really spotted there was it a naval experiment gone wrong was it the newest seaman was it a new recruit private shrimp wait they don't call them privates over there what do they call starter sailor sailor men it doesn't matter sailor man shrimp Maybe he was working for the Navy. Maybe he was an experiment. Maybe he was a new life form and the Navy took over his property, his home, so they could contain him. 
maybe they ate him. I don't know. Maybe all of the above. But maybe he was the first shrimp to enter the U.S. Navy, and he was eaten. Who knows? But Bjorn, let's wave goodbye to the shrimp. We're giving him a high five. He seems pretty cool. He didn't actually do nothing. He's just walking through tunnels. Bye, shrimp. We're seeing you later. I'm sure my neighbors just heard me yell out, bye, shrimp. I'm sure they hear me yell out a lot of stuff. But today, I'm doing it in a hat. Bjorn, let's hop in that carpenter copter. We're leaving behind Bremerton, Washington. We are headed out to Berkshire, Massachusetts. Now, this is a recommendation from Lurpato. Lurpato from YouTube. I recently did a story about the Phantom Bugler, and I said it's very, very rare to come across stories where ghosts who kill. I said I think I could probably only think of two or three off the top of my head. And Lurpato goes, oh! I have one. Some people believe that ghosts killed people in the Hoosack Tunnel. And I go, huh? I hadn't heard of this story, so I appreciate it. So I tip a hat to you, Lurpato. We're headed out to the Hoosack Tunnel in Berkshire, Massachusetts. Now, pick a number between one and six. They're back, baby. We're doing another interactive adventure. Pick a number between one and six. And while you're picking that number, let's do a little bit of background here. Hoosack is supposedly the Mohawk word for forbidden. That was a native tribe in the area they hated this mountain they're like thumbs down this mountain totally sucks don't go there so of course not a lot of people went there but when they were laying down railroad tracks you used to have to take a railroad all around do a bunch of stuff so someone goes tell you what you know that tunnel that's supposedly cursed that people who have lived here longer than we've ever been around told us to stay away from let's put a hole through it let's cut a four mile long hole through it so we can open up massachusetts First off, first off, we have to make sure we're able to pronounce that. But then we're going to open up that state to the west. So this will be one of our most traveled tunnels. The very first time nitroglycerin was ever used in America was in this tunnel. There's a little... If you're ever on Jeopardy, there you go. There's that one. It was over four miles long. They started building it in 1851. And in the end, 180 men would lose their lives in construction of this building. Do you have your number between one and six? Bjorn, bring us down low in that helicopter. <laughs> now we're going to rappel out because we've never done we've never done that yet, have we? We're going to hop out on ropes. We're going to land it. Now we're hanging out on this railroad track. March twentieth, eighteen sixty-five. There's three explosive experts getting ready to do what they do best: blow stuff up. Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Ringo Jelly. These are real people, by the way. I'm, this is not; These are not three made-up names. No, Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Ringo Jelly, they're walking into the tunnel, and they're like, okay, we're about two miles in, boys. This is where we're going to put this bomb. I don't think they had, like, a spy versus spy bomb with a little fuse. But anyways, they put an explosive device down there, and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set the charge, and then we're going to run super far back into this bunker and then wait for it to blow up. The other two people are like, why did you explain it? We do this all the time. He's like, yeah, I just have a feeling someone in a hat might be listening to me. So they put the charges down. They're like, okay, these squeeze them in there. And then they start running back to the bunker. Now, they've just placed the charges. They haven't activated them yet. But for whatever reason, Ringo... Wait, sorry. (laughs) Okay. His name wasn't Ringo Jelly. It was Ringo Kelly. So that was a made-up name. Ringo Kelly's his real name. Ringo Kelly, (laughs) his doppelganger, his twin brother, is setting the charges. Ringo Kelly gets to the control panel first, while Ned and Billy are still running down the tunnel. For whatever reason, boop, 
Sets off the explosion. He wanted to kill. He was jelly of his brother. He wanted to kill him too. So Ringo Kelly accidentally kills Ned Brinkman and Billy Nash. So if you pick the number five, if you pick the number five, you are Ringo Jelly. You are a fictional character who was created. What? I don't have any memory before this event. What am I doing here? And you're in the middle of a pitch black tunnel and you see Ned and Billy start running and you're like, what? What? And then you're running. (sighs) And then you feel explosion behind you and you turn around. You're like, ah! (sighs) And then you're like in a big old fireball. So you died. If you pick number five, you were a a guy with a typoed name. You you had no family. You didn't exist until this very moment. You blew up in a fireball. Shut the podcast off now. I'll see you tomorrow. That's the new rule. If you die, you got to stop listening to it. But you're not dead yet, actually. So don't. I hope you didn't shut it off. Because what happens is Ringo, the real Ringo, Ringo Kelly. If you pick number one, you're Ringo Kelly. So Ringo Kelly is like, uh-oh, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do that. Body parts are raining down on him. So if you pick number one, you're kind of dusting off your shoulder, getting rid of some body parts, and you're like, I'm going to go home. I think I deserve the rest of the day off. Thank you, gentlemen. You tip your hat to them. You go home. Now, shortly afterwards, you go missing. Because on March 30th, 1865, he'd been missing for a couple days. Construction workers are going into the tunnel. They still got to keep working on stuff just because a couple people blew. 180 people died working. I don't think this is the first time people died. This might have been the first time they blew up. But they're going in and they find Ringo in the tunnel. Two miles into the tunnel. Near the point where Ned and Billy died. They found Ringo strangled. His body laying there in the pitch darkness. For how long? Who knows? But if you picked number one, let's say Ringo was out dancing to the honky-tonk. He's like, that's how I dance my blues away? I blew up a couple people? Now I gotta blow up the dance floor. And he's dancing. He's doing the boot scooting boogie and all that stuff. And then he sees this hot girl. He sees these two hot girls at the bar and they're like making kissy faces at him. He thinks it's a little weird because they seem to be wearing wigs and they seem slightly translucent. But their clothes seem normal, right? He's like, man, just the way I love love my women. Curvy and see-through. And he's like walking up to him. He's like, hey, girls, what's up? And they're like, hi, I'm Ned Dean. And this is Billy. Um, How would you like to go back to our place? And Ringo's like, oh, dude, that sounds awesome. And he goes back. And their place their place is two miles into Hootsack Tunnel. He's walking through the tunnel. He's super. It's super dark. And he's like, man, these girls are super fine. And it's kind of weird how their feet don't touch the ground and they're floating. And then, like, they get back. Then he's like, <laughs> he's making out with Nadine, and Billy's like, no, we're supposed to kill him. Nadine's like, oh, yeah, I forgot, forgot. And they strangle him. <sighs> so if you're number one, you get killed by ghosts, which again is incredibly rare. So you can kind of consider that a, a, a treat. I mean, everyone has to die sometime, but you actually get killed by ghosts. So that's super rare. And if you pick number five, Ringo Jelly, <laughs> if you were Ringo Jelly, you got to watch the whole thing. You're just kind of floating there like a little Casper ghost being like, yeah, get revenge. And then you fade away. So now you guys have to shut off the podcast. Now, so that happened in 1865. In 1868, they have to build. I learned more about tunnels. I didn't retain any of the information. You have to build a vent into a tunnel because there's, it's a train tunnel. So otherwise it's full of fumes. Whenever someone would be like, well, on a train, you, it's a four mile long tunnel. You don't want everyone falling asleep carbon monoxide poisoning through the tunnel so they had to drill a vent in it and they had like water pumps and all sorts of stuff 
they're drilling into this mountain. And these dudes are like floating around. They're not floating around. They're not ghosts yet. But they're like hanging down and they're like on like work platforms and stuff like that. 1868, they're building this giant hole to vent the tunnel. So if you pick number three, you're doing an honest day's work, right? I'm just a minor man doing whatever a miner can. I like to take a pickaxe and put it in a rock. And then I go do something that rhymes with the rock. <laughs> That's the theme song. You didn't know that? I learned that when I was researching tunnels too. Boom! Boom! There's a massive explosion. But if you pick number three, you hear the explosion. You're in like this big giant tunnel. You're in this big giant shaft. It's the straight down hole. You hear the explosion. You look around. You think you're blowing up, right? Mm-mm. And then you see like a piece of wood. Chink, chink. Land by your feet. And then a hammer. Land by your feet. And then you look up and you realize where the explosion came from. It was above you. So other worst part. When you're in a giant shaft, there's two terrible places an explosion can happen. The bottom of the shaft or above you. So there was like a big gas. There was a pumping station. There's all this stuff up above and there was a gas leak and it annihilated this platform above these workers. So you just had tons of stuff falling down, just squishing dudes, right? You're like, ah, you're dodging. You're able to dodge a couple of things. Trust me, you're going to wish you got squished if you pick number three. The pumping station breaks and giant boulders are falling on you too. So you're like, ah, and you're able to dodge everything. You're straight up Neo down here. But what happens is, because there's no, the pumping station was pumping out the water that kept filling the hole. Well, now the hole's slowly filling up with water and it's sealed at the top with all this debris. The people on the top are like, uh oh, this is not, this wasn't supposed to happen until Sunday. This happened before, ahead of schedule. So they start sending rescue crews down there and they put a dude in a bucket. Tell me if this isn't a garbage job. This isn't a number. I should have made this a number. If you pick number seven, you're in the bucket. They put a guy in a bucket and they're like, okay, we're going to lower you down just to see what's going on down there. And they lower him down, they lower him down. He's down there for a while and then they're like, okay, let's bring him back up and see what he has to say. He's all, he's all unconscious. He's all, Ugh. and they, they bring him up and they're like slapping him on the face. What happened? What happened? He's like, dude, there's no, he goes, you dropped me down there. I was down there for like 45 seconds. I passed out. There is no hope getting these dudes out. They had water rising and they had bricks laying over them, like a bunch of debris over them. So if you pick number three, I hope you're not claustrophobic because you survived the downpour and water's pumping in. <laughs> This one's grim. I should probably should have included this one as a number. What they found afterwards was that people did whatever they could to survive. So you and a couple of the other survivors, water's rising, the ceiling's collapsed on you, you're running out of oxygen, but your hope is stay alive long enough, you'll get rescued. So you build a raft out of all this debris that's rained down. You're like lifting it off of your friends who are dead. And you're strapping it together. You're using their shoelaces to make rafts. You're going through their pockets. You're like, oh, dude, I love beef jerky. You're eating all their stuff. The guy's like, I'm not dead yet. I'm one of the guys on the raft. You're like, mm. you push them off, take your shoelaces. You make the raft. You get on the raft. The raft is floating up. The water's getting up. The roof's getting closer. It's pitch black in there. It's super hot. That guy's still complaining about you taking his shoelaces. And then you reach the top and you're floating in the darkness on this raft. Over the next year, bodies would float to the surface. The, the whole thing ended up filling full of water. Bodies would end up floating to the surface. Thirteen people died in this accident. Bodies would float to the surface. 
And then in the end, they did end up because they had to finish the vent. They did end up moving those bricks away, and that's when they found some people had built a raft to stay above the water, but they just died of oxygen deprivation. So pick number if you pick number three, you did not have a good afternoon, but you did become a ghost because what was interesting was in this vent area. People would see ghosts walking around being like, oh, this sucks, dude. I totally wish I wasn't a ghost. And if I was a ghost, I wish I had died in a casino or someplace cool. This sucks. Once the 13th body was uncovered, once all the bodies were pulled out of the vent, the ghost sightings went away. They found peace. So if you pick number three, at least you found peace. It's October 16th, 1874. And if you pick number two, you are a man named Frank Webster. Hunter, today... My hunting has taken me towards Hoosack Tunnel. Now, at this point, everyone in the area kind of knows the ghost stories. It's not a place you want to go. Trains are going through it. It's not a huge issue. But, I mean, just because trains go through it at 60 miles an hour, one, doesn't mean that you should hang out there. You probably shouldn't. Two, it also doesn't mean that it's not super spooky. Because trains could be going by and there could be, like, ghosts, like, trying to catch up. Ghost hobos. Gobos. But... You don't have to worry about him. You're in a train, and you probably have a ghost ticket taker who's, like, pushing him off the train. Uh. But if you're walking around with a gun, probably not a good idea to hang out at the known haunted tunnel. Anyways, if you pick number two, you don't have a lot of street smarts, or tunnel smarts in this case. A couple days later, Frank Webster's walking around this river, and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he's not a ghost yet. He's not a ghost. But he's making ghost noises. He's falling down. He seems to be in a state of shock, and some other hunters are like, yo, Frankie, what's going on? He's like, ah, ah. And so they take him back to, like, civilization. They take him to the nearest town, and they're like, Frank, what's going on? What happened to you? And he goes, you won't believe what happened. I was walk. I picked number two. And I was walking by Hoosack Tunnel, and I heard a voice. Frankie, Frank, 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 Frank. Come in the tunnel. <laughs> Sounds like a game show. Come in the tunnel, Frank. He's like, what? I've won? Now, I don't know much about the Hoosack area, but I do know a lot about ghostly voices calling out from beyond. I don't care if they were calling me to walk into a Walmart. I'm not following the ghost voices, right? Definitely not following them into a dark tunnel where ghosts have murdered people. He does. He goes in there. He feels compelled. Come into the tunnel, Frank. And he walks in. He's in the pitch dark of the tunnel. And then, like, his his gun floats away from him. I imagine the gun is, like, on a fishing line from, like, a Don Knotts horror movie. He's like, what? What's going on? And the, the rifle's floating around him in the darkness. He's trying to grab onto it. And then he can't grab onto the rifle. It's just kind of floating away. It's, like, slowly bobbing away. Again, like a fishing line. And then the rifle spins around and starts beating him up. Doesn't grow arms and punching him. Like someone's hitting him with the rifle. He's like, ah, this was unexpected. And he gets totally beat up by the rifle. And then, next thing he knows, he's walking by the river. So, the cops realize two things. One, the dude was beat up. And two, his rifle was missing. So if you pick number two, that's that's all that happened to you. That's all You should feel lucky. All you did was get tricked into going into a dark tunnel and got beat up by a rifle from special effects from an old 50s movie. So that's, that's pretty good, right? Was, that was you, you got out good on that one. <laughs> Unless your fear is being beaten up by rifles then. I'm sorry. Now let's jump to the fall of 1875. There's a guy named Harlan Mulvaney. He's a fire tender. So that's a dude who like brings wood in and like, sets it on fire or something like that. He brings fuel maybe? 
I don't know. I could have looked it up. I <laughs> neglected to. Now I'm looking at my notes. He's a fire tender. You guys know what that is. I shouldn't have to explain it to you. What? I mean, come on, guys. You know what that is. I'm disappointed that you would even ask. I'm wearing a hat this episode, by the way. Harlan Mulvaney, fire tender. If you pick number four, you're this dude. So you're riding your cart in, and he has a load of wood on his cart. And there's a bunch of horses and stuff. And he's, like, walking into the tunnel and all that stuff. And he's like, I'm about to do my highly detailed and very important job. Without me, the rail system wouldn't even exist. And anyway, so everyone is outside of the tunnel. They're still, like, breaking rocks and doing stuff. And all of a sudden, that's that's not an old lady laughing. That's a bunch of horses. That sounds even more like an old lady laughing. Anyways, a bunch of horses neighing. Now the cart is running out of the tunnel full speed. He didn't even go that far in. He didn't hit the two-mile mark. The people working the construction outside of the tunnel... All of a sudden, <laughs> see these horses, the crib keeper's there as well now, see these horses run out of the tunnel, and Harlan's holding on the reins, he's super scared, dude, they can tell that, they, first off, he's probably super scared because of those spooky noises that he just heard, that definitely weren't horse noises, that's probably the first thing that scared him, second thing that scared him was he's leaving a tunnel at high speed, the third thing, the construction workers were like, that weird. He looks scared about three things. The two I mentioned, and the fact that he's seen something in that tunnel. The horses run off into the woods. Cart attached. The whole cart goes off into the woods, and people start chasing the cart. And then, a few days later, because they lose track, or they get bored, they have to lose track, and they're like, oh, he'll come back. He either, he's having a bad day, or he got possessed by ghosts, either or, he'll come back. A couple days later, they find the cart deep in the woods. He is never seen again. So if you pick number four, this is, we're going to have to do a little more detail here. If you pick number four, you walk into the, dude, this is actually trippy, I just thought of this. What if you're in the cart, and you're walking into the tunnel, and then all of a sudden, you... Like, or like, oh, it's super dark in here, and I'm kind of spooked. I'm going to jump off of the cart. So now you're walking around in the darkness, and you're like, what? This is super weird. I've never been in a tunnel before. I didn't expect these places to get so black. And so if you pick number four, you're walking around in the dark, and you see a, a ghostly figure in front of you, and you're like, what? Must be one of them ghosts I heard so much about in this tunnel. And you notice he's kind of standing there, and then... You're like, uh-oh, he has a rifle. I better take that from him before he ghost shoots me. So you grab the rifle, and then the ghost turns around. He looks all weird and stuff, and he's like, uh, <laughs> give me back my rifle. And you get scared, and you start beating the ghost with the rifle. Right? You see where I'm going with this? Uh, uh. And the way you're holding it looks like fishing line for some weird reason, too. You're like, you're like making it float. And then you beat him up, and then you take the rifle because you're super scared, and you get on your fire tender cart and you run out like the implication was you were the dude who took the gun from number two because even though that took place a year earlier maybe maybe, even though the story's all about ghosts maybe there's some sort of time dimension thing right so if you pick number four you actually beat up number two and then you took the rifle and then (laughs) you just kind of evaporated right your story's over like you just kind of disappear i wonder if they found the horses that would be weirder too they just found the cart no horses no guy so if you pick number four you beat up number two now all of this there's another ghost story about this guy that i didn't even give it a number i'm acting like i didn't do it on purpose but i forgot 
to give it a number. There was this guy named Joseph. If you picked any number, or if you didn't pick a number, this is you. There's a guy named Joseph in Poco. He believed in the ghosts. He believed in all that stuff. And one day he was breaking ice off the tracks. And he hears a voice going, run, Joe, run. He's like, what? And he looks up and there's a train coming right at him. And he jumps out of the way. <gasps> oh my God, the ghost saved my life. Which when I read that, I thought, you didn't hear the train. Like, you heard the ghost? But you didn't hear the train in the tunnel? But whatever. That's the story, right? But then that's not all. Because six weeks later, he's working on the tracks. This time he has to break... Uh, one of the freight cars is frozen to the tracks. Which m- makes me realize he didn't do his job the first time. First time he was trying to break ice off the tracks. Obviously now, if there was enough ice that a rail car freezes to the track, you didn't do your job, dude. But anyways, he's now breaking ice off the tracks. And he hears he hears a voice in his head warning him. First off, how how strong is this man that they hire him to pry a rail car loose with a crowbar? The freight car's frozen on the tracks. They give him a crowbar to then help get the rail car free. So who who is this Joseph Impoco? But somehow they got him to do this job. Now, he's about to get electrocuted. So a voice is warning him of this, and in the nick of time, he doesn't get electrocuted. But I'm giving you giving away the ending here because what the ghost says to him seems like he's wasting precious seconds. Let's say that you see a dude about to get electrocuted. What, what would you say? I want you to say it. I want you to say it out loud so your neighbors hear it. If you see someone about to get electrocuted, you see a good friend, not someone you don't like. It's not Cobra Commander about to get electrocuted, but you see someone who you like about to get electrocuted by using a crowbar on a train track. You're gonna go drop it. Look out! Look out's a little vague, right? Because then they're like, uh-oh, is there a baseball coming? Is someone hitting a golf ball? Drop it works? Drop it! Electricity! So I guess now you're just naming off elements. Magnetism! But you would warn them in the quickest... They're fighting something that's literally going the speed of light, right? Electricity is, is, is lightning fast. The ghost voice goes, Joe! Joe! Drop it, Joe! And he immediately lets go of the crowbar, and the crowbar flies away because the electrical arc went. That's that. I mean, that ghost. I mean, I guess it was efficient, right? If you heard the voice in your head, it doesn't need to go, Jason. Especially my name's two syllables, which would be even worse because it'd be like Jason, Jason. And by that time, I'm electrocuted, and then the voice would be like, "Uh, sorry, I should have just yelled out electricity." But they didn't do that, so. I didn't want to assign that one a number again. I actually forgot to assign that one a number. So, but we do have number six here. Number six brings us to the present day. So if you pick number six, you are intrepid journalist Steve Jaco, who adds a new wrinkle to this story. We have all of these hauntings, all these old-timey hauntings, but Steve Jaco is a journalist who wrote an article, uh, a freelance article for the website medium.com. And in it, he actually interviews this woman named Jeannie, who's talking about history of the Hussack Tunnel. And we have this interesting interaction. So if you're number six, you're sitting down with this woman named Jeannie, and you're doing this interview. So you, number six, says, now tell me about the video you took. What was that noise in the background? Jeannie shifts uncomfortably in her chair. She's like, what are you talking about? Her actual answer is, what video? You furrow your brow. You're like, what? I know I saw a video. Quote, the video I found on YouTube. You went into the tunnel on Wednesday, right? The video was posted around 6 p.m. Jeannie, her eyes dart from side to side. I'm giving her suspicious intent. Her eyes dart from side to side. She goes, quote, oh no, Steve. 
I went in at nine. I couldn't go until the girls were in bed. So Steve Jaco pulls up on YouTube. Click, 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 click. Pulls up a video. And here's this quote. I showed her the video and she hadn't seen it. I have no idea where it came from, but I'm attaching it to this article in the hopes that one of you knows where it came from. Thank you so much to Jeannie for meeting with me. And thank you to everyone for reading. I'll never stop reporting on the stories that matter to this community. This was the only article he had written on Medium.com. So, if you pick number six, let me play this video for you, this video he's referencing. If you pick number six, you have a real-life consequence to that number. You are intrepid journalist Steve Jaco, trying to share the stories that matter to the community. If you pick number six, I'm going to play this audio clip for you guys, but if you pick number six, are you going to listen to this audio clip at 3 a.m.? Now, technically, if you want, you could say 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and listen to it in the middle of the afternoon. That's up to you. But if you pick number six, you should find the spookiest time to listen to this. Trust me, the video itself is spooky enough if you're listening to this right now in broad daylight. Time to clench your butthole because this might be cursed. It's interesting, it is a clip on YouTube. It sounds like it's from three different sources. The first one has that weird muttering. And then there's like a bizarre tone. And then it sounds like it's supposed to be in a tunnel and you're hearing ghostly voices. The link will obviously be in the show notes if you want to watch the video. But that's a disturbing little sound clip. And Steve Jaco has not written an article since. Well, at least not for Medium.com, not that I can tell. So it's possible that if you pick number six, you did listen to that late at night. Maybe you took it into a Hoosack Tunnel yourself. Sat down with a pair of headphones. Turned on this podcast, fast-forwarded to that very moment. And in the darkness of Hoosack Tunnel, illuminated only by the blue light of your phone, the specters of all that passed away creep up behind you ready to add a new member to the body count of the bloody pit. Did I, did I mention earlier in the episode the nickname of the place was Bloody Pit? Well, if I didn't, I just did. And now, you're in the bloody pit. That, that I should have mentioned earlier. You're there. You're one of these ghosts. DeadRapperRadio.gmail.com is going to be your email address. The landlord shows up and goes, Oh, I forgot to tell you. This place, it's called the Bloody Pit. Shouldn't have mentioned that. Shouldn't have mentioned that much earlier. Totally forgot. DeadRapperRadio.gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at Facebook.com slash DeadRapperRadio. Twitter is at DeadRapperRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Bye.